Hi, everyone, and welcome to Dance It Out, a Grey's Anatomy podcast. I'm your host, Giuseppe Corallo, and today we've got a very special guest with us who has come back. Thank you, Alex, and hi, Alex. Hello again. It's me. Yes. <laughs> it's me. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> it's you again. How are you? I am doing well. Yeah. How are you? I'm doing pretty well. The weekend is finally here. So I, I actually just came back from Morocco. Uh, oh, nice. Yeah, I was there for Easter. But, uh, but you know, work never left me alone. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you this. So basically, the other day, I was uh, in the desert. And I should have enjoyed the desert. I should have enjoyed the camel ride, even though... I am against all form of oppression towards camel. Anyway, so I should have enjoyed my staying in the desert in Morocco, but I had to find a Wi-Fi connection because I had I had to send work emails. So the point is that my work never leaves me alone. So I'm fine, but as usually, very stressed by work. Uh, it's not the worst when you're just trying to like get away and like, you, your mind can't get off of it or you have to do something and especially like trying to find a wi-fi connection yeah yeah exactly in morocco <laughs> yeah it's like you never really stop but anyway so yeah. so okay so today we're gonna be talking about three episodes of Grey's anatomy we're gonna be talking about episode 13 which is called cowgirls don't cry episode 14 shadow of your love and episode 15 mama who bore me or actually, I would say we're going to talk about some storylines that happened in these three episodes, some highlights, some storylines that affected us, some stories that are really important for what happens next on Grey's Anatomy. And so I'm not going to do, as usual, the recap of the three episodes, these three episodes, but I'm going to start with a first thread and then another and then another. Where would you start, Alex? Where would I start um, in the discussion of these three episodes? Yeah. What's, what's, let's just uh, together. What's our starting point? I have an idea because something huge happened last night. Yeah, I think we're probably on the same page, probably with Maggie and her, her big exit from, from the show. Yeah, absolutely. So the first question I, w- I want to ask you is, we were a little over, uh, underwhelmed by Ellen Pompeo's exit, but... How did this compare? You just said big, big exit. Was it big? Did it feel big? Did it feel monumental? Um, I think it, for me, it was better than Ellen's exit. I think because this was an actual, like, full-time departure for Kelly McCreary from the show, rather than, you know, Ellen Pompeo is more taking a step back and she said she'll be back every now and then. I, I think it was better in that respect. I don't think it was maybe as big as I was expecting, but I did, at the end of the day, I did like it. And I did like how she exited, where her character ended. And I'm sure we'll talk about it, but that final shot of her was, re- I like, I definitely cried at the end of the episode. Yeah, that final shot was really powerful. So I, I would say that, uh, okay, so I agree with you. I, 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 when I finished watching these two episodes, I was like, don't they know how to write exits anymore? Because if I think about Christ- no, because if I think about Christina Young's last day at Grace Lawn, it really felt huge. It really felt like yeah. a game changer. And every scene that she was in in that episode, I'm talking about the season 10 finale, 
it was like a meaningful a meaningful scene and i don't think this happened here and my only explanation is and this is what i hate about this current era of the show is that since characters yes they do leave but at the same time they, they're not permanent leaves because Ellen Pompeo is going to be back for the finale and we know that Kelly McCready is going to be back for the finale as well yeah so since since they come back it's, it doesn't feel like a really goodbye because we know that we're going to see them again so so I should be happy about seeing them again and yes I'm happy but at the same time it's like we are deprived of a final powerful exit storyline and it, it, it always feels like a see you later kind of thing not a goodbye like you know it did, I, I think that's why it doesn't feel huge as it used to be yeah I think when you're talking about like Christina's exit versus now some of these exits, I think like maybe because the way this season's been going and they're shifting focus more towards the interns, it feels like when the characters leave, there's still so much going on in the episode, not revolving around that character. So like in these two episodes last night, there was a lot going on that wasn't focused on Maggie's departure. But I will say I did like that both episodes were aired back to back. I'm not sure if that's how they originally intended it to be because it didn't it didn't feel like it was yeah. a two-part episode. It felt like two separate episodes that totally could have aired two separate weeks, but I'm really glad they aired back to back because I don't think it would have played as well the ending of that first part with Winston and Maggie and then that was supposed to be her last day and she ended up extending and then having to wait another week to be like, oh, she's still there. And now this is going to be her last. So I'm glad they did it back to back. It did feel good that we could just be like, okay, here's Maggie's goodbye. But yeah, there was still just like a lot of focus on other stuff and other patients. And the show was still continuing on without Maggie, of course. But it just, it wasn't the sole, sole purpose. Like Meredith and Ellen. And yeah, it's interesting that that she's going to be back because I wanted to be like, oh, this is, you know, her last episode all the way from season 10, episode 23 to season 19, episode 15. But then I'm like, oh, wait, no, it's not really her last episode because she's going to be back at the end of the season. So yeah. it's interesting that they're, they've both done that this season. A part of me thought that they had pre-filmed scenes prior to Ellen departing. And I was like, oh, maybe that's why because they've already filmed Maggie scenes. but then recently seeing on social media that they're like back on set and filming the finale now. I'm like, oh, so that wasn't the case. She's just coming back. So I'm not sure timing wise why they're doing it like that. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, 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 I get it. And what I found interesting and what I found appropriate and I thought it was a smart move from the writers was the fact that the final episode of Maggie uh, focused on something that we have been debating for the past few weeks that everybody has been debating about, the fact that Maggie Pierce is really the spitting image of Alice Gray. And what I loved about it is that, that she came on the show back at the end of season 10, wondering, trying to find who her mother was, I mean, who her mother was as a person. And she leaves the show by wondering if she cannot escape who her mother was. So I found this parallelism very, very interesting and very, very good. And this is why I, I thought that the, that final scene in the elevator with Maggie surrounded by 
her birth mother and her adopted mother, I, I, I thought it was very powerful because this has been the biggest storyline for Maggie for her entire run, you know, trying to find out who she is while still loving the family she grew she she grew with, you know? So I thought it was a really interesting way to to have that storyline at the center of her last episode. Totally. I feel the same. It, it makes sense with a lot of other stuff that's gone on in this season. And uh, I think in episode 13 with like that big speech to Winston at the end, but just like comparing her to Ellis and even like seeing the different sides of Meredith versus Maggie versus Ellis. And, you know, we've seen that Meredith really became the mom that she had always wanted to be and always wanted to have. And, you know, we saw that she, you know, wanted to take care of her daughter. So in such a big way that she ended up moving. And then the flip side of that, that Maggie is taking on Ellis in a, in a different way that she's very much like Ellis, but, you know, she's come to the realization and, and uh, Catherine kind of helped her realize that, you know, you're, you're not cold and Ellis wasn't cold, but you're, you know, you're like this and you're, you want to save lives and you're strong. And it was interesting. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And what about the, end I, of, oh, sorry, you were saying something else. No, yeah, that's what I was, that's actually what I was going to say. The ending in the elevator. I loved the two of them, Ellis and Diane. And, oh, I, I was, that's what I was going to say. Something that I, Maggie's final patience was really cool. It really made me think. So the one patient who had this big heart tumor really made me think back to like her very first patient, Link McNeil, which was Christina's patient and how she was able to solve it when Christina couldn't. So it just made me think of how far she's come. And then with that other patient who had ended up having breast cancer, you know, was reminiscent of her mom. So that even made that final scene more powerful for me in the elevator, seeing her two moms, Ellis and Diane, and they, they had both passed at the hospital. So it was really cool that, you know, she's, Maggie's leaving the hospital after all this, after losing her mom to breast cancer, having this final patient. Yeah, that final moment was really, was really beautiful. And I love that they both looked at her, they both looked at each other, and Maggie walked away and she's on to her next, her next chapter. Yeah, so next chapter. Speaking of next chapters, Winston is not going to be there. And I have to say, not that I loved the two of them, but the point is, I don't get why in this show, when a person, a, uh, an actor decides to leave, I don't get why they split up They always the couple. I mean, what I'm trying to say is that sometimes the best way to give a character exit is to understand that the person they're with maybe should exit this show as well. And I know it might suck for the actors, I know that, but you know, sometimes you have to make creative, creative choices because, you know, if you think about Maggie's run on the show, so she has been with Jackson, she has been with the Luca, she has been now with Winston and they have all been such bad relationships in a way. Right. I mean, yes, yeah. ended things with Winston in a mature civil way, but still it's like, I think it was, was going to be better if we don't exit this show with her. So I think this show should start to learn that sometimes you, you, you should let go of the entire couple, not just one a person. Yeah, because we've seen that a lot of times. And then that, that, that character, like, for example, Arizona, you know, yeah. Callie left and Arizona stayed on for a couple more seasons. But then they were kind of like, well, what do we do? Because Sophia is going to want to go. So we're going to get rid of Arizona anyway. So it just feels like, yeah, they've done that a couple of times and it doesn't always 
workout. I kind of like though Winston staying on because it reminds me again that we're they're kind of doing this soft reboot this season. It reminds me of those earlier seasons when we always got a new cardio chief. I always say it's kind of like in Harry Potter where every season or every movie or every book, there was a new defense against the dark arts teacher. Yeah, This was kind of that, like we had Burke and then we had Han and then we had Teddy. And then now it's going to be like, oh, now we have, well, I'm assuming he'll be the head of cardio. I guess we don't know, but now it'll be Winston. Yeah. Yeah. I get what you're saying. Yeah. So we'll see. I, I think the door wasn't closed on them, but I also think that they need the show. It depends on how long the show is going to run. If they want to go more than 20 seasons, then I think that soon Winston is going to hook up with some, maybe with Jules. Somebody. Yeah, maybe with Jules. I yeah, because oh, okay, with Jules. He was, so, he was so written for Maggie, you know, so clearly when he was brought on. So it'll be interesting to see how he interacts with more of the cast and yeah romantically i I could see maybe jules because she's kind of interested in you know learning from him and that could be like a lexi and mark situation (laughs) yeah yeah and something like you were saying when they you know they should let go of the entire couple i was kind of even surprised when meredith left i was like oh maggie and winston should just move to boston too because like maggie's so close with zola and the family and they're both from Boston, so I was kind of surprised. And then when they announced that Maggie was leaving, I was like, oh, maybe that's what they're going to do. And then no. And then Winston's still there. So I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Another big development that has, that happened in these episodes regards Amelia and Kai. Oh, uh, yes. Okay. Okay. What, what, what do we think about it? I'm I'm so sad for Amelia this season. Even when, again, I saw that Kelly McCreer was leaving, my literal first thought was Amelia because Meredith <laughs> left and now Maggie's leaving. And then they brought Kai back last night and I was really cool that they were so supportive. But then they made this big drop, you know, big bombshell that they got an offer in London. <laughs> of course, of all places, it can't be in the States, you know, it's overseas, so it's going to be more difficult for them to be in their relationship. But I just feel so sad for Amelia. I'm like, what are they trying to do? I mean, I think they're going to, she's going to be tested this season for sure. Maybe the back part of the season. I've been reading online, people I think she might relapse and I'm not sure. I mean, I know that, that one of the episodes ended, you know, with Richard and Amelia at AA and she was saying that she's afraid she's losing another sister and then now losing Maggie and Kai leaving. And then Kai saying that, oh, we work better because we're long distance and because we only see each other half of the time and because they're still hung up about Amelia having a kid. It just feels like I want them to work, but then I, I don't because Kai now has some interesting views about the relationship. And I'm not sure how I feel. What do you feel about them, the two of them? Oh, I'm sorry about Amelia, as you just said, because I think they were going to go towards that relapse storyline. I think it's written on the walls. Yeah. yeah, I think the drama is about to come. And if you see the problem for next Thursday episode, so Addison is back and Amelia seems really distressed. So I, I'm really worried about her because if something happens to her, she's not going to have a support system this time. So this is what yeah. worries me about her possible fall off the wagon. The wagon. Yeah, we saw, you know, what happened 
when Derek died and she was, you know, she had the bag of drugs and she was going to do it, but then Owen was there and, you know, she, she had him to lean on. And I don't know that she's going to have anyone. I think Richard, but I think Richard's going to be distracted with stuff with Catherine, the back part of the season. So I'm not sure who, who's, who Amelia's going to have to lean on. Maybe Lucas. I mean, maybe there'll be something there that the, the, younger nephew will step up in some way but even then i'm not sure link i i'm like who does i was i will i will say i literally screamed yes at the tv when i saw addison because i was like yeah okay, at least she'll have someone as you know having kai saying that they're gonna go to london and i was like okay at least amelia has a person there but yeah we'll see how that all plays out yeah yeah absolutely and for a relationship tested, we saw another relationship which is flourishing again. I'm talking a bit about Teddy and Owen. We saw the two of them reconnecting. I have to say that I'm really happy for them. But also, there, the, uh, speaking of another couple, I was also worried about Ben and Bailey and about what's happening to Bailey right now and to her family as well. Mm. She has been toxic, I think is the right word. Yeah. Which, which is so enraging and i was so 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 i felt so sorry for bailey in this episode in these two episodes yeah she's just trying to do her best to stay positive and stay normal but you know all this is going on she's getting you know non-stop phone calls and now they found out i i was shocked you know they found out you know where her tuck goes to school and taking pictures of him at school and I was like, that is over the line. I mean, obviously, the whole thing is over the line, you know, posting where she lives and her phone number and calling her and stalking her and all this. But I mean, like her her child, like that just seems so extreme. But I mean, obviously, we saw they, you know, ran a car into people. So these people have their own thing going on. But it's like, uh, just so scary. But I'm glad she's taking some initiative to, you know, where she got a rental home and they're going to try. But it just, yeah, it's scary. Yeah. Yeah, it's for pretty, her. Yeah, it's really, really scary. I don't know. I and and again, I'm 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 worried that things might get a really dark turn turn really, really soon. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Okay. I wanted to say, speaking on on a lighter tone, but there there wasn't a lot of lighter storylines in these episodes because the other sto important storyline was about what's happening with Link and Joel, and especially what's happening to joe's kid luna so i would start with that i did not expect for luna to be diagnosed with progressive uh deafening deafening what is that the word hearing loss yeah I think hearing loss, loss. Yeah, yeah yeah hearing loss so um i was so surprised and i was so sorry for joe poor joe she just cannot catch break literally i felt bad for joe i felt bad for link who's trying to like profess his love and then the way that she, I mean, obviously she's entitled to her feelings and to be in her feelings about what's going on with her child. But, you know, the way that she ended like, oh, I, I can't, I need to wrap my head around this before you, I, your whole cheerleader routine. I was like, oh, he's just trying to be there for her. And she's just, I mean, I get it, but yeah, the storyline for me came out of nowhere, but I feel like that's realistic. I mean, I feel like that's what happens with these, with kids, they were saying, you know, with preemies, with premature babies, this is something that sometimes happens. This is something that we haven't seen on the show before. I'm always interested, you know, when we have something like, for example, you know, a premature baby, and then they don't have any side effects. Like, for example, Sophia was premature. 
but then we never saw any kind of, you know, thing associated with premature babies having, you know, development issues. So I was like, okay, this is realistic. This is something that happens. This is something they're doing on the show. So it seems interesting. It's totally, you know, sad for Joe to, you know, I think come to terms with it, but it'll be interesting to see how it, how it plays out. And I think for the, for the deaf community or the hard of hearing community, it'll be, you know, some good representation and it's nice to see done on, on TV. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I agree with you. Um, I'm eager to see more of this storyline, how to say I'm, I'm not the biggest fan of Joe, but you know, I'm interested to see what happens to her and how she deals with it. And I'm also starting to get curious about the way the writers are going to put Joeling together, because at this point, it's a cow, it's a cat and mouse game, you know? Yeah, yeah, definitely. It was cool. I, I will talk about it. But I when I went, I went to the Haley Fest a few weeks ago, and I saw the cast live, they had a a, a panel. And that was one of the things that Camilla Ludington was was saying, and it was, it was really cool to see a lot of the actors talk about their characters and see how different some of them are. Like Katarina is totally different than Amelia. But anyway, Camilla was mentioning that this, Joe and Link, is the most important relationship in her life, you know, as far as a friend, as far as uh, romantic potential, just to see, you know, how they were as friends and how they are now supporting each other with their kids and potentially romance down the line or at some point they're there they're trying to be there for each other yeah in the episode when they're in bed just talking to each other and he was totally there for her bringing the donuts and he knew that she wasn't really sick and she talked to him about why he doesn't rest and why he's anxious and he talked to her about why she can't rest they just totally get each other so i think they're totally heading in that direction and then of course it's great there's always going to be some kind of complication but they're heading there for sure and i, I think that once they once she can lean on him and once the dust kind of settles with this Luna situation, I think that, that that'll be a really, I think it'll be a beautiful couple, I, I think. Yeah, yeah, me too. I agree. And what about the interns? So speaking of the interns, uh, Simone asked Lucas to be her man of honor. How could <laughs> I thought, can I say that I thought that was so, so selfish? I mean, she knows that the guy has... She been, knows, yeah. Uh, she knows. <laughs> Why would she put him in that position? It was so weird. So that was actually the episode I saw at Haley Fest. So I was able to see it a couple of days before it aired in a theater full at the Dolby Theater in LA, which is where they do the Oscars, in a theater full of other Grey's fans. So one thing was really interesting to hear just reactions to an episode, to certain parts of the episode, to hear when people laughed and when people cheered. And But I literally was, when she... Before she asked, because I knew it was coming, I knew when she was about to ask him, I was like, no, she is not about to ask this man to be her man of honor. Like, it was such a weird, I'm gagged, like such a weird thing. Knowing that she has feelings for him, knowing that he has feelings for her, it, it was, it, it's really weird. <laughs> It's I so, guess it's just drama for the show, but I don't know. Yeah, but this so felt weird. like yeah, but this felt like drama for drama's sake, you know. It didn't yeah. feel real. It felt contrived. So yeah, yeah, that's why I was it's not. Really yeah, that's why I was not a big fan of this twist. And also, I think that Simone is gonna be married in the finale. But you know, I'm starting to getting bored by this storyline because come on, we all know how it's going to end. Yeah, yeah, it, it's predictable. We see it coming, but 
Yeah, I don't know. It's so weird that she, I, I'm still hung up that they're, that they're asking that yeah. she asked him and that he's he's like, yeah, totally, I'll do it, and you know, making her breakfast or whatever, doing this and that for her, the dress fitting, and I mean, Jules stepped up and measured, so it's like I know Jules said she wouldn't be good at that job, but it's like maybe her or Mika could have. I don't know. Lucas yeah. seems like such a weird choice. Okay. Okay. So the thing I'm most curious about is hearing you talk a more about Palifast and how was it? Who did you meet? If you met, if you had the opportunity to take some photos and if you know any scoops, I mean, all about Palifast. But before we get into that, okay, I'm going to ask you, is there something else you want to talk about this episode? Because I have one thing to add. The, the, the thing that I want to add is that I'm very happy for Levi's direction. I really feel like he belongs to, to Pete's. So I'm curious to see his fellowship there. What about you? Is there something that... That'll be cool. Yeah. Because I even said, I think I said on the podcast when we talked for the Halloween episode, I mentioned how I really liked how Levi and that that boy that he dressed, he wanted to be a sunflower. So we have seen this in the past. It's not like it came out of nowhere. We have seen that he does have a connection with the child patients and that I think it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Something I liked about the episode, I was waiting to see, of course, naturally with a Maggie exit, I wanted to see something between Richard and Maggie. And it finally happened at the end of the second part. And I literally cried when he gave her that little bench business card holder and said that it's you know representative of the bench where he found out he had a daughter and i was like oh my god that's literally the ending that i needed for the two of them super adorable and cute emotional full circle all of that stuff so i think that would be a big highlight for me for these episodes and for for maggie's exit yeah yeah so palifest tell us everything (laughs) Oh my goodness. Yeah, it was so much fun. I had seen whenever a few months ago that they were going to do a Grey's Anatomy panel at Paley Fest. So I was like, okay, I have to get tickets. So I got tickets back in January. And then I went a few weeks ago. This was on April 2nd at the Dolby Theater in LA. So yeah, it was really cool. I had been to, this was like back in 2012. Oh my gosh, so long ago. I had been to the, they actually had a concert. I don't know if you knew about this. They had a concert at UCLA after they did the musical episode um, where a lot of the cast was there and they sang a lot of the songs. And Ingrid Michaelson was actually there. What's that? Such a cool experience. Yeah, it was really cool. So Sarah Ramirez was there. Chandra, Kevin, I mean, a bunch of the cast was there singing the songs. It was hosted by Sandra Oh and Eric Dane, two of the ones that didn't really... Well, Eric Dane sang a little bit in the show, but there are two that they admitted they're not really singers. So they were like the hosts of that night. But it was really cool. So that was the only other time that I'd seen that many of the cast all at once on stage. But even then, it wasn't the full cast. So this, the Paley Fest, was every single current regular on the show. Of course, Ellen has, you know, set back. So I don't, I'm not counting her if she wasn't there. Um, but every current regular, she was like, oh my God, it's the entire cast. Oh and Christopher Vernoff. And it was a surprise announced like a week before that TR Knight came to be the moderator. Yeah. So it was really cool to see TR Knight, just to see him on stage with like Chandra and Jim Pickens and Kevin McKidd. And then I had like a little 
a little gay freak out moment when T.R. Knight and Jake Borelli were on stage at the same moment. And I was like, oh my God, <laughs> it's George and Levi. I mean, of course, George was like, you know, T.R. Knight and Jake Borelli just on stage yeah. together. I was like, yes, oh my God, this is so cool. But before, before the actual event, going into the theater, they had like a little Mick Dreamy drink, a little champagne drink. So I thought of like, season four finale when Derek brought the champagne to the house of candles. And I was like, okay, themed drink. I love it. So I got a little, (laughs) a little champagne drink. And then I noticed a bunch of people like gathering by the stairs. So I was like, what's going on over here? So I looked and they're all looking down below and down below they had like the press set up for the red carpet. So I just was like, okay, we're going to, I'm going to wait here and wait to see. And then a bunch of the cast walked out and we're all like yelling at the cast members. They're waving back at us. So it's really cool just to see them even in that moment. I shouted out Linda Klein, who's like a nurse consultant for the show, who's also directed episodes. She actually directed the second part of last night's episode. But like no one was screaming at her because she's not one of the main actors on the show. But I was like, Linda, Linda. So she was like even shocked that like someone knew her and I like waved at her and I was like, this is Linda Klein. She's been on the show. Like she's actually had lines on the show too. But anyway, the episode was really cool to see an episode again ahead of time and in a theater full of fans. And again, like I was saying earlier in the podcast, just to see like when people would laugh or or applaud or to see like what people's opinions were just in that and what characters they maybe liked or didn't like was really really fun to see like for example after maggie's big speech to winston i know fans are so divided on like and even you and me i mean we're like divided on you know whose side we're on in that kind of argument between maggie or winston or if we agree with maggie or not but so many people like cheered and applauded maggie on after her her big monologue so it was just cool to be with that many Grays fans and then afterwards, the panel, again, led discussion by T.R. Knight. So he kind of, like, kind of had a question for each of the actors. And then again, like I was saying, just to see how different they are from their characters. Like even just the way Katarina speaks. I mean, you know, she's not one of the ones that has an accent like Camilla or Kevin, who like totally sound different from themselves than their characters. But like, she doesn't have an accent, but you can tell she's totally different just even the way that she speaks her voice is much lighter and she's so different than amelia so it's just cool to see how they are in real life and then have a bunch of them talk about their characters and see how deep they all are about their characters it was a really cool experience yeah of course it must have been so cool to see the entire cast but what about okay i'm gonna do a, a frivolous question so who was the most beautiful one see um Oh my goodness. Um I mean they all they're all gorgeous, but if you had to choose especially one. especially yeah, when you get them out of their scrubs and they're in, you know, like a red carpet kind of event and they're all glammed up and everything. I'm gonna have to say between Camilla Luddington and Adelaide Kane, who plays Jules, gorgeous. I mean their outfits, their makeup. I love what Camilla Luddington is really beautiful in person. Yeah, I mean, she's gorgeous. You know, she's like a model looking. So, of course, she had like her like slicked back hair, a little suit outfit. Her makeup was done. It was really cool. Oh, Alexis Floyd. I'm like going through my pictures now, just trying to remember. It's just cool to see them, especially the interns who we haven't really seen too much out of yeah. Scrubs. And we saw like the party episode and the bar episode. But just to see how they like dress for the red carpet and stuff. Nico Terho, who plays um, Lucas Adams, of course, came out. 
with such a swagger and his shirt buttoned down, you know, open up. And he was like filming us, all the audience, like cheering him on. So he just had like such a swagger. And I was like, of course, he's so like hot in real life. <laughs> yeah, of course. And what about Alexis Floyd, Simone? Beautiful. She looked great. She had like, her, like high heels, these huge <laughs> earrings. <laughs> short, right? In person. Pretty short, yeah. I think maybe that maybe that's why she was wearing her heels, but <laughs> yeah, she looked very beautiful with her hair, with her dress. Um, yeah, she looked great. I mean, everyone looked great. It was just what about Kevin McKinney? I, first... I really like him as a, as a, as a male. You know, <laughs> just just I think he's so good looking, Kevin McKinney. Kevin McKinney, oh yeah, of course. Um, yeah, he looked great. Chris Carmack looked great. In their suits, um, trying to like scroll through my photos and see Kevin. Oh yeah, he always looks great. Yeah, we need more. So, but more shirtless scenes from him. But he talked about his directing, directing the episode a few episodes ago, which I know is not like what's on the table for what we're discussing. But yeah, that opening shot, that like oh. four and a half minute Amazing. continuous shot, was so cool. I mean, I've watched it like multiple times just to go back and be like, is this? Just the direction, the acting with like Kate Walsh. So in it, all the actors were so in it and to go for like that long with all the medical jargon and all the emotion and just, you know, continuous shot was so, so cool. Yeah. It's yeah. brilliant. He said that he'd been trying to do that. You know, he's directed, they were talking. So Chandra also talked about how she's directed many episodes and he's directed a couple more than her, but they're pretty close. And, you know, they, they always direct an episode or two every season. But Kevin said he'd been trying to pitch that idea that he wanted to do a full episode where each act was a full continuous shot or a long take. But he said when he got the script for this episode, it was like right there in front of him. He saw it and was like, this is it. This is the moment. We're doing this scene, this whole opening act as one shot. And I think it really played off. It was really, you felt the emotion, you felt the urgency. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, a little tangent there. No, 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 that's okay. And what about Ellen Popeil? Did, did anybody say anything about her? You know, no one, no, no one really talked about Ellen. I mean, it wasn't like we're not talking about her. It's just she wasn't really brought up. You know, they were mainly talking about that episode, the Cowgirls Cry episode. And then TR had questions about just other stuff and generally asked like Jim Pickens about, you know, the comedy. He's his characters a little more, well, not now, in these episodes, but his character has been had a, a lot of comedic moments over the years. And, you know, he, he mentioned, oh, yeah, you know, on the show, my wife, one wife died and my mistress died and I've been electrocuted and I've had an aneurysm and I've had this and that. So I have to find the humor and, you know, in the character and this stuff. But, but yeah, it's not like no one, no one was avoiding Ellen Pompeo or Meredith, but it, she wasn't really brought up, which is interesting. Maybe if it was right around her exit or, you know, maybe it would have been brought up. But I think one thing that T.R. Knight stressed was that, you know, it's 19, he, he kept saying 19 seasons, 16 people, there were 16 of them on stage and he had, you know, a question for each of them. So just in the time frame, there wasn't really time to, to, to go into depth as much as maybe they had wanted. And so I'm trying to remember, I don't think she was brought up at all. <laughs> Even though it's Grey's Anatomy, Grey's Anatomy, right? Oh, it must be so. It must have been so cool to participate at this event. Yeah, it must have been great. But did you manage to take some photos, uh, some uh, some videos? Some... Yeah, they seemed the ushers seemed to be strict about 
video. I've seen them like going up to people, uh, which is like, they must have really good eyes to determine between a video and a picture on someone's phone. But as far as still photos, they seem totally fine with that. So I took a bunch of pictures of them like walking out onto stage and just some of them like talking. TR Knight, of course. So Anthony Hill, he looked great as well. Sorry, we're going back to talk about Harry Shum Jr. I mean, everyone looked great, but yeah, I took a bunch of pictures of them on stage it was pretty cool yeah of course of course so thank you for sharing with us alex your experience at patty that was amazing oh yeah. kim raver oh my god sorry another tangent kim raver was talking about her directing the episode she did this hilarious she was talking about how the ending of that ep- it always of course changes especially when you're a first-time director but she directed the episode where it ended with addison and that ob resident being yeah. sort of hit down by the car and her original, Kim Raver's original intent for the ending shot was to be that overhead shot just panning up. But okay. when they had filmed it on the day, Chandra Wilson leaning down to Addison to do the ABCs, you know, to listen for breath sounds and calling out for her, she realized that that was like a better ending. But she said, she had said it in editing with her editor, she wanted to be like this slow motion, fluid mo- movement. And it was so funny just to see it was like that scene from Finding Nemo where Dory yeah. was talking in a whale <laughs> and she was talking about, so Kim Raver did this totally like exaggerated, I want it to be slow motion with her like arm gestures. But anyway, it's just hilarious. And she got everybody cracking up. So again, just to see how the, the actors are so much lighter than, you know, their characters have been, you know, there's so, so much trauma over the years. And so have weighed down by that. It's just fun to see how lighthearted they are in real life. Yeah. She was hilarious. Anyway, sorry, you're trying to wrap up. <laughs> no, no, I, I, I could hear you talking about that day for another hour because, you know, I'm I, I'm leaving vicariously through your experience. So, yeah, that, that seems great. I was just going through my pictures and I saw her and I was like, oh, my God, Kim, I have to talk about <laughs> that moment was just like a moment. <laughs> well, thank you, Alex, for being with me today as well. And that's our show. And if you liked what you heard today, be sure to subscribe, like, rate, and review our podcast and tell your friends. Our theme song is called Inspired by Kevin McLeod. And our sound editing is provided by NH Sound. You can find us on Twitter at Dance It Out Pod and on Instagram at Dance It Out Grey's Anatomy. Until next time, I'm Giuseppe and this is Dance It Out, a Grey's Anatomy podcast. Mm-hmm.